You know, I really believe that things that are going in your mouth, going on in your mouth are symptoms that we really need to pay attention to. And research shows the same. This is one of my favorites. They actually biopsied the clot that killed people. So this was fatal heart attacks. They biopsied the clot that, that actually killed them. And 78% of those had mouth-specific bacteria in them. So we know that 78% of those people, part of the reason they died was because of infection that was coming from the mouth. Research shows one or more root canals, you have a two times increased risk for heart disease and a two and a half times increased risk for cancer. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey, everyone. Welcome to The Vibe Show. I'm Robin Openshaw, your host. And I'm going to launch right into this because we have a limited amount of time with one of my favorite people in the world, who's Dr. Michelle Jorgensen. Uh, She is my longtime friend and my biological dentist, even though she's 2,700 miles from me now. Still haven't been to a (laughs) dentist here in Florida. I just wait till I'm back in Utah and go to her. And we have a lot to cover. She and I know each other really well. So we're going to skip the niceties at the beginning. We're going to launch right into it. (laughs) Dr. Jorgensen, Total Care Dental in American Fork, Utah. She has an amazing practice where she even has an oral surgeon on staff, which I think is completely amazing, who I believe he was a general practitioner, medical doctor before he went back for more training. He's accomplished, and she have have accomplished miracles for my family, have been such a great blessing to us. Will you tell us in a nutshell, because we want to cover a lot of stuff, what your experience was. I know it, but for our audience who hasn't met you before, what's your experience that you went to traditional dental school and you made a shift? It's a pretty dramatic shift. And how are you received by your colleagues who also are steeped in that uh, med- medical model? And there's no, there's no uh, biological dentistry course in dental school, right? That's correct. So it's interesting because you're very much part of my story. <laughs> so that's always, it's always fun when I'm talking with you because I get to bring you into it. So I started having, uh, yes, I'm a traditionally trained dentist. Uh, my dentist, my dad's a dentist. I have three younger brothers that are dentists. One's an oral surgeon, two orthodontists. And that's just what I thought I would do forever. But I started getting sick. And I started having all sorts of gut issues. And that's where I found you because I was changing my diet. I was doing a lot of things differently. And you were part of my personal healing journey in that as well. Started learning all about how to fix that. Changed my diet, changed the way we're eating and cooking and serving our family and all those kinds of things. But it was still not gone. Like the problem still wasn't gone. So I had to continue looking and I actually had my practice for sale. You were again, kind of all during this time as well, going through all this with me, had my practice for sale. And finally, some, another practitioner said, you know, have you ever looked into mercury poisoning as a problem? And I had never considered that. So my symptoms were really bad memory issues. And I've always had a good memory. I think you and I are similar in that. Like we hear something, we remember it. I wasn't remembering. Like I wasn't remembering anything. I wasn't remembering patients' names or their stories or what they were doing. And I always was very good at that. So I knew something was really wrong. But the big one was my hands. My hands were so numb, I literally couldn't hold instruments anymore. I wasn't able to change out the little pieces that we have to use. And I just didn't think I was doing my patients a service. You know, if I couldn't feel things, I shouldn't probably be doing their dentistry. So um, this practitioner said, if you looked into mercury as a problem and... The, the profession doesn't talk about this. 
They don't talk to you about it, but they also don't talk to us about it. This isn't something that we know. So in dental school, the only talk I had about mercury was that it is in fillings and it is 50% of those silver fillings are mercury. So it is in fillings and they told us that, but they said, once it's in the filling, it's completely inert. It's stable. It's not a problem. It's not released. And if you tell anybody that it could affect their health, you will lose your license. So that's it. That's the whole dental wow. school talk about mercury right there in a nutshell. So I didn't even really dare look into it very, you know, I, I thought I, I don't really know what I would do with this if I if I learned it, but I got tested and that's what it was. Mercury levels off the charts. So all of a sudden my symptoms made sense because mercury is a neurotoxin. So it affects my hands, it affects my brain, it affects my gut, all of these things and everything made sense. So the challenge was how do I then keep myself safe and not breathing in more mercury and keep doing my job? And I had to find out, was there a way to do that? And interestingly enough, there was an organization I had never heard of that does just this. They have created protocol for how to remove mercury filling safely. So I went to them, I took all of their courses, and I learned how to how to follow their protocol so that I could do it for myself. Biological dentistry, if we have to put a name on it. Yep, yep. Biologic dentistry, safe mercury removal is what they call it. You know, basically, how do I drill out those fillings without breathing it all in and making myself sick? So my doctor was like, you got to figure this out if you're going to keep doing this job. So I figured it out. But then the cool starts, cool stuff started happening at that point. You again were one of the people who were like, well, why don't you just like do this? <laughs> you know, why don't you, why don't you start learning about some other things? And I had another chiropractor friend who was telling me the same thing. He's like, gosh, I went to this meeting and they told us all the stuff that dentistry can relate to health and that we need to find dentists like this. He said, and then they asked the entire room. This was actually at a standard process. So a big supplement meeting. He's full of chiropractors. And he said, they asked the entire room, who of you knows a dentist that can do this? He said, one guy in the room raised his hand, one guy. So he came back and, you know, he's my own practitioner. He's like, why don't you do this? But I was a little, I was terrified. Like, because part, part of the reason I was encouraging you to do it is that I was going into your office and training your whole staff in how to eat healthy because you had won a contest to be in my reality TV show that that's a whole side story, but (laughs) two years before you got it produced. So it never aired. But anyway, I chose three families, except that yours was a dental practice instead of a family. And I thought that would be really interesting and fun. And your staff is so amazing. And they'd been with you a long time. And I can only imagine the pressure you felt to continue practicing dentistry with all these people depending on you. I have the same issue in, in my business. And so um, you, I think you have probably 40 IQ points on the average person, maybe 50. And so it must've been horrifying for you to not be able to remember a patient's name and to not be able to hold an instrument and to have your career slipping away that you had spent so many years building a practice and being, becoming educated. So I encouraged you because, because of my own dental catastrophe, I had been talking to all the few biological dentists in Utah. There are more of them now. And I was sort of sifting the ones out that I thought were a little off the deep end or they didn't know how to do stuff. And I had a titanium implant in my mouth, which is metal. And I couldn't find anybody who could do a zirconia one, which is very bleeding edge, no metal. Um, and I was like, you, you're smart enough and you're open-minded enough and you're paying attention to the fact that these dental practices and, and products are making your patients sick and making you sick. You should learn how to do this. 
And you became, I think, the second dentist in Utah to do zirconia implants. Where do you want to take it from here? Because there's so much we could do and we only have so much time. What topics do you want to do? If you're going to show slides, I love it because we will put this on video platforms, but just keep in mind that some people will be listening on a podcast. So kind of talk to them too. So, you know, it's really up to you if we want to do slides or not. I love to just talk. (laughs) I love to chat too, but there's some pretty cool slides I do have that show some of this. So if you are watching on video, it might be useful to see some of this. So let's do that. What everybody was super interested in when you came into our health coaching, which everybody, there's a $1 two-week trial for our health coaching group. Everybody was asking questions afterwards. They wanted to know about the energy meridians and how the tooth, you know, the tooth may die. You might get a root canal, which is fossilizing a dead organ in your mouth. That tooth, dead or alive, is connected to energy meridians throughout your body. Everybody was very preoccupied with that when you left. We weren't able to use that on the podcast because we had some tech issues and your sound was cutting in and out. But I'd love for you to just go through your slides and just stop on ones that you think beginner level people learning about biological dentistry would be interested in. Yeah, let's do it. You know, it's interesting because to continue on, you know, to finish kind of wrap the wrap up the the loop of the story, your encouragement, all these other, you know, practitioners encouragement, but also patients as they started coming in and seeing some of the things we were doing, they were they would say, "Well, we're really we're really glad you're doing it for your own health, but we're really glad we're you're doing it for our health too." And then they started talking to their own doctors and saying, gosh, she's doing this and this. And then doctors started asking me, well, do you know how to do this? And you started asking me, do you know how to do this? And it's interesting because a lot of people will say, well, why is dentistry hiding all of this? They're not. They actually don't know either. Dentists don't know either. I didn't know anything that anyone was talking about. You know, people would come and say, well, do you do ozone? And doctors would say, do you do stem cells? I'm like, I don't know what ozone is. I don't know what stem cells are. I didn't know anything. And there's no just school. Like you said, there's no school that you can go to. In fact, new graduates say this. They say, well, where do you go to learn this? Like you don't, there's no place. You have to find different people who are teaching different things. I'm actually creating a training platform or I have one. Actually, I have one already. A training platform for dentists for this reason, because there isn't just a place you go, unfortunately. And so well, it's and not so, that the profession's hiding it. it yeah, so you, end, you went to the biological dentist who did do my zirconia implant later. He was the first one to do it. I actually had a really terrible experience in his office, came to you, told you about it. It was sort of horrifying. Um, and so I was looking for somebody who knew that, how to do a zirconia implant, but also would go other places and learn more do safe mercury uh, extraction. When I went to my regular standard of care dentist, I don't know, 10, 15 years before I met you, he thought I was crazy for removing the mercury from my mouth and did so with no protection for him or for me. We have dentists who have all kinds of neurological problems. It's the sickest sickest profession in America. So you're starting to realize that and to put one more finer point on it, what happened one time when you brought up to a table full of dentists and they were sort of mocking anybody who thinks that the products and procedures they use are toxic. Because of course, everybody thinks if everyone's doing it, it must be safe. Some smart person makes all these decisions somewhere and keeps all the people safe. And and in so many categories, including dentistry, it's just not true. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. So that story is, yeah, I was at the, at the end of the end of a very lengthy education platform. I'd spent a ton of money, spent a ton of time. And at the last day, 
lunch, someone started laughing about a dentist who was removing mercury fillings wearing a hazmat suit. And I just sat and listened to the story. And then I said, can I share my story with you? And that's when I shared. And of course, everybody was very apologetic and felt bad that they'd been you know, making fun of something that was very personal for me. But that's really the sentiment I feel in the profession. I just actually did a webinar last week to a huge professional group of dentists. And I was very happy to hear people were saying, compelling, interesting. Mm -hmm. These were some of the words they were using, which I was so thrilled to hear because in the past, it's been, you're a nutcase. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. And I think the reason is I come about it from a very, very scientific standpoint. And so let me yeah, let's let's share these slides for those who are watching slides. And um, I think that uh, it'll go through some of this as we're talking here. This slide is one of my favorites, you know, my journey from traditional to health. We already talked about it, but a lot of people view that we're just a bunch of crazies, you know, we're just a bunch of tie-dyed hippie crazies. And that is could not be further from the truth, particularly because I have to be able to back up what I say. You know, you go to your regular dentist and they do a filling and they do whatever, and you're just like, okay, great. If you come to me and I do something different, you say, prove it. <laughs> show me that what you're doing is true. Show me that what you're doing is better. And so I have to I have to show a lot of evidence for what I'm doing. So I'm going to show you some evidence, which is pretty cool. This is one of my favorite quotes. And this actually, this is a little different. You'll see I threw a few different things in here today. Um, I love this quote. There's no healthcare system. What modern medicine has created is an illness maintenance system. And I think that dentistry falls right into that same exact category. Modern dentistry has just created an illness maintenance system. That's all we do. We look and we say, you have a cavity, you have a filling, you have gum disease, you need, quotation marks, need a root canal, all of these things. And you just say, okay, and you do it. But that's just maintaining illness. Nobody ever talked to you about why did you get the cavity or how can you prevent it in the future or what's happening if you have a root canal? What actually happens to your body into the system. So that's what we're going to talk about here today. You know, I really believe that things that are going in your mouth, going on in your mouth are symptoms that we really need to pay attention to. And research shows the same. Uh, These are some pretty, pretty uh, impactful research studies that have showed heart attacks and strokes. This is one of my favorites. They actually biopsied the clot that killed people. So this was fatal heart attacks. They biopsied the clot that that actually killed them. And 78% of those had mouth-specific bacteria in them. So we know that 78% of those people, part of the reason they died was because of infection that was coming from the mouth. Research shows one or more root canals, you have a two times increased risk for heart disease and a two and a half times increased risk for cancer. So this is not- These are from root canals, everyone. So this is when your tooth dies. And here in America, where all of us have to have pearly whites till the day we're dead, uh, (laughs) what we do is we pretend that we're cleaning out the tooth and they do the best they can, but the tooth is dead and pathogens sit in there and they become pleomorphic. They change forms. They can be the most pathogenic organisms known to man and they do escape the tooth and they range the body. And I know this because one of the reasons I was pushing Michelle to get involved in biological dentistry is that I had a root canal tooth and it went, people say it goes bad, but it's always bad. And all of a sudden I had rashes for months. I had rashes break out all over my upper body. I had a, um, a, what do you call it? With a little bubble above my tooth. 
that was infected. So those were my two signs. I was like, something's going wrong here. It's autoimmune. And I think it's related to this root canal tooth. Had it pulled, sent it off to a lab. $400 later, I knew that two of the most pathogenic organisms known to man were in that tooth because I had it sent in so that I could report to you all that this is this is not fiction. This is not conspiracy theory. Dr. Thomas Levy, who's a medical doctor and a lawyer, and I, I believe that you're going to get to him. By the way, he's popped up in the medical freedom fight the last year or two, and I've been glad to see him. Yep. But anyways, the, those horrible statistics of how related some of the worst health problems we have are to, just to put a fine point on it, are related to pathogens found in root canal teeth. It's huge. And this is Dr. Levy's quote right here. Nothing else comes close to having as large of a negative health impact as undiagnosed dental infections. Again, he's an MD and a lawyer. He's not a dentist and he's saying these things and he will only say things that he can prove, that he can actually back with science. So dental infection is not something to mess around with. There's also a huge component that's not only infection that's related to dentistry. There's also metals, some very serious heavy metals. I've already talked about mercury was my issue. There are structural issues with being able to breathe. There are all sorts of things that dentistry has a hand in, you know, contributes to when it comes to disease and tipping the scale for people. So dentistry is often enough to tip the scale towards disease because of how much it can contribute. So this is the chart you were talking about right here. This is called the tooth meridian chart. It's very interesting. So for thousands of years, uh, a lot of medicine cultures used things like acupressure points, and they had mapped them. And there was a doctor in Germany, Dr. Vol, uh, not Vol, yeah, Reinhard Vol. Um, he mapped all of these energy channels. And the way you can actually literally map these, I go, I've been to a practitioner, and he does a really cool experiment where he has a light bulb in his hand, and he then has all of us in the room hold our hands and the light bulb actually goes on. It's enough power when we are connected to turn a light bulb on. He And then we let go of hands and the light bulb turns off. It's actually a really cool experiment. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so what he shows is that there's energy transfer in our system, in our body, and you can measure it. There's ways that you can actually measure. In fact, we measure teeth. We measure the energy transfer in teeth with a voltmeter. Like literally the one you'd put on a car battery, the terminals on your car battery to see how many volts are coming out of it or or the terminals uh, on your uh, electrical outlet in your home. We use a voltmeter and we can put it on a tooth and all of a sudden the voltmeter goes and increases. So we know there's electricity and people always go, oh, you're talking about energy. And I know that this is your world. This is your whole book. I just looked at your book just the other day, actually. Um, <laughs> this is your whole book, you know, with vibe is the energy. And I know you get a lot of pushback, like, oh, this is all just crazy talk here. Well, how do you think your heart runs or your brain runs? What's an EKG measuring? The electrical output of the heart. So absolutely, our body has electrical systems in it, and that's how we stay alive. When our electrical system shorts or goes off, disconnects, that's when we die. So every single tooth is actually connected to one of those energy lines throughout the body. Like I said, there's maps on the hands. They've mapped these acupressure points on the hands that represent every organ, every on your feet. This is what foot zoning looks at. Ears and teeth. Those are the four maps in the body of every single organ system. It's really fascinating. And this is absolutely verifiable. You can verify all of all of this. So what we've done is we now look and say, okay, if you have infection, 
in one of these spots, it will leave, lead to a weakness in everything else on that entire energy circuit. So for example, we're going to talk about areas where you had teeth removed. The most commonly removed tooth is a wisdom tooth. Well, if you look at this chart, numbers one, 16, 17, and 32 are the wisdom teeth, the ones in the very back corners of the mouth. All of those are on the endocrine system energy circuit. So how many people do you know that are low thyroid, have had hypothyroidism since they were 20 years old? So many people. When do people often get wisdom teeth out? When you're 19, when you're 18, when you're 20. And a lot of times we'll correlate this. They'll say, gosh, I have been having thyroid problems since I was 20 years old. And I'll say, when did you get your wisdom teeth out? When I was 20 years old. (laughs) And then they stop and I say, interesting. Let's see if there's some latent infection in those areas that's causing a short in that circuit. We check it, boom. And I'm going to tell you some stories today that I didn't share with you last time um, about people who've had incredible resolution of symptoms when we address the tooth that has this weakness in it and the symptoms resolve throughout the entire system. There's one that's a huge one. It's actually been studied in Europe. This area, which is called the bicuspid area right here in the middle, this is on the breast meridian. And I have yet to find someone who had breast cancer who doesn't have an infection right here. And I believe Thomas Rao in Europe, I saw his chart. It was almost every single one of, I think, a couple hundred breast cancer patients that he discovered a root canal that is on that energy meridian. So just to make sure everybody knows what we're talking about here, she's showing a chart of all the teeth. She's saying that the four wisdom teeth all run through the endocrine system. And I believe that she is inferring, uh, inferring that if you have your wisdom teeth removed, that's disruptive to your endocrine system often. In my husband's case, she had to clean this up last year. Actually, her oral surgeon had a really tough time with it. My husband had had his wisdom teeth removed at around age 20 and for 20 years had been building up a horrible infection, rotting his jawbone in all four cavitations. We may or may not get to cavitations, but it's basically a deep infection where all four of those teeth had been removed. I'm unaware of it affecting his endocrine system, but um, I won't spool out theorizing of what I noticed that may be endocrine. But what you're seeing here, for those of you who are listening and aren't seeing it, plus even those of you looking at it, this is a very tight chart here, is that each of these teeth are connected and have been tested to line up with an energy meridian that runs top to bottom of your body and involves a lot of your organs. And so if you have a weakness or a problem with a tooth, it'll it'll go both ways. So if you have a problem with a tooth, it'll create a weakness in that energy or in that organ system, and then vice versa. If you have a problem with the organ system, sometimes I'll just see the problem in a tooth. And I'll go, hmm, why are you getting a cavity on that tooth? Oh, that's the kidney tooth. Oh, have you had kidney? Oh, yeah, I had kidney stones. Ah, you're all connected top to bottom. One of my very favorite stories, and I think I shared this last time, was with a gentleman that I walked into the room and he was orange, literally orange. And I kind of called it out on him. And I said, does anyone ever tell you you're orange? Because it was so noticeable. He said, yeah, everybody asks me if I do fake tanning cream, self-tanning cream. And I said, do you? And he said, no, I, I don't know why I'm orange. And we found he has four, he had four root canals on the four front teeth. And that is the entire liver, gallbladder, urinary system is right across the front. So he was jaundiced. He was jaundiced. He was literally jaundiced from these teeth creating a weakness 
in that entire circuit connecting to the liver. So now he was jaundiced because of the root canals. So many things. So yeah, I think we're going to get to some stories. I think we're going to go quickly through a couple of these slides. This is more about how how cavities are created. And I know people are very interested in that, but I'm going to kind of skip through a little to just what do you do about it? Um, Cavities are largely, well, they are created when a tooth loses minerals. So we've always just believed that that was because we ha- we ate sugar, right? Everybody thought that. That's we just eat sugar and then we get a cavity. Well, it's because bacteria in your mouth eat the sugar, they excrete acid and that dissolves the minerals. So it's all about mineral loss. It could be acid acidic foods that you're eating or drinking frequently that are also dissolving the minerals. It also maybe your body is needing those minerals elsewhere and takes them from your teeth to be able to feed the rest of you because you're not getting enough minerals. You have a phenomenal mineral supplement that I've taken for years, and that is a huge piece in preventing tooth decay because you're getting enough minerals. Right. It's, you know, you have a remineralizing tooth powder here. I would encourage everybody to get, but I don't know if I've told you this, but you know, when I started using Ultimate Minerals 15 years ago, it's just fulvic and humic acid, right? Straight from ancient plant deposits. And it's organic. Um, it's not certified organic, but it comes from an organic source where nobody's spraying glyphosate anywhere near it. You remember that I came to you having been at the hands of some terrible dentists and people over over excavating my teeth, overfilling them. I had I had cavities every single time I went to the dentist every year of my life military dentistry, which might as well be communist, right? Like that, it just attracts the worst dentist. Sorry if I've offended anyone. But anyways, had had cavities every single year of my life. But I only realized this year, I saw all the other health benefits of addressing my mineral deficiencies with Ultimate Minerals. But I just realized this year, even though you know that my teeth were a catastrophe from all of that, plus I ate not, like loads of sugar till I was in my early 30s, I have not had a new cavity in 15 years. Uh, and I just realized this year, that's when I started taking Ultimate Minerals. So yep, yeah, you got it. And see what's happening is so many people have gut issues, absorption issues. So that even if they feel like they're eating well, you're not absorbing those minerals and your body requires a certain amount to be able to run as just regular old baseline things like your brain and your heart. So if you don't have enough, your body will mine it from somewhere else and your teeth are a ready-made source of minerals. So you've exactly demonstrated this. And then the great thing about the way you deliver these minerals is they're in a very absorbable form. So it even bypasses a lot of times these gut issues, these gut absorption issues. So that's exactly what we recommend is you have to have minerals. And one of my very favorite things, in fact, I was just showing this with my team this week, you know, we can talk about fluoride. We'll talk about fluoride a little bit at the end, but cavities are not a deficiency of fluoride. They're not. <laughs> cavities are a deficiency of minerals. Kind of, kind of so, like a headache isn't a uh, Tylenol deficiency. Is it a deficiency of ibuprofen? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that interesting how that works? So yeah, cavities are not a deficiency of fluoride. So why are we fixing it with something it never had? So our whole premise is let's figure out why you're getting the cavity. And then let's fix it with something that was there to begin with. So the remineralizing tooth powder that's on the screen here, or you know, if you're listening, um, I've, it's just tooth powder made of minerals. It's the mineral that your tooth is made of. It's called hydroxyapatite. So if you're getting, if you're losing minerals, you just add them back. That's how you prevent, and that's how you heal cavities too. And so, at the same time, absolutely. you're avoiding those toothpaste with all kinds of garbage in them, propylene glycol, and I haven't used them in years all the bad stuff. And mouth rinse is the same. They're usually full of alcohol. 
which kills off biome in the mouth, kills off good bugs in the mouth, kills off good bugs in the gut, throws everything out of whack. And that's why I don't recommend any of those alcohol-containing mouth rinses. Basically, keep it simple. Keep it safe. Don't kill all the good stuff while you're trying to have fresher breath. There's ways to do it without killing everything off. So my rinse just has colloidal silver. It's an antimicrobial, but it also has hydroxyapatite to build the teeth. So again, I'm going to go through a little quickly through a couple of these because I want to get to the good stuff, the cavitations, root canals, all those fun things. Um, this is a good one though to, to pause on here for a moment. What this is talking about is research done by Dr. Weston Price, who if anybody's studied research or studied nutrition at all, you've learned about Dr. Weston Price or hopefully you have. Um, he, did, he did studies that showed the things that helped people be healthy. How did their diet relate to overall health? He was a dentist, so he was focused on dental health, but he also showed overall body health. And what he found is those that were most healthy, he studied societies that didn't have the standard American diet yet. They hadn't had Western diet introduced into their society. So he could really determine what was influencing this. And what he found is those that had better dental and overall health just had more vitamins. In fact, 10 times more what are called fat-soluble vitamins, which are the A, D, E, and K. And there's a lot of controversy in sourcing for this. I really love to get this from food as much as possible. That's where we should get it. I know you have some wonderful supplements that are additives and you can add to smoothies and things that have some of these fat-soluble vitamins in them. This is essential if you're going to have healthy teeth. You have to be absolutely nourishing your body the right way. All right, now let's get to the ones that are the big controversial topics here, the clean, the big four problems. So I'm going to tell you a couple stories. <clears throat> um, one of my really, just one of my favorite patients ever, her name is Kim. And when she originally, when she showed up, she still was working. Uh, she's uh, works in the healthcare field and she was really struggling. She wanted to continue working, but she could not stop losing weight. She actually had diarrhea so bad that she was having a trouble having trouble even working because she'd have to run to the restroom so often. She couldn't she couldn't gain weight for sure, but she was just losing weight at a pretty rapid rate. Along with that, she was losing her hair. Uh, she had no energy. She just didn't know what to do. And she had tried a whole bunch of things. This wasn't something that she had just avoided. She was trying all sorts of things. And interestingly enough, her story is very similar to yours, Robin. Uh, what we found is that she had a lot of metals in her mouth. So she had a lot of mercury fillings. She had a lot of metals under crowns. Uh, in the picture I'm showing here, you can see she has some gold crowns, but she had a whole bunch of root canals. And those root canals had failed. And I'm going to tell you here in just a minute what that means when they fail. The interesting thing is the picture on the right is actually her after. And a lot of times people go, oh, look, she's gained weight. Exactly. <laughs> she's gained weight. That's what we wanted. We wanted her gut to start working again. We wanted her body to start holding onto the nutrients properly again. She started actually being able to work again and going back and doing everything that she loved and her energy was back and her hair was back and all of the above because we cleaned out the mess. So what was the mess? You've already alluded to this. Hmm. Over 95% of root canals harbor infection. How? Well, when they do a root canal, what they do is they clean out the nerve on the inside of the tooth. It's called the canal. That's why it's called a root canal. There's a canal on the inside of the tooth. The problem is, is there's one main canal that goes down each root, and that's pretty well cleaned and filled. But there's little side channels, little side canals. That's how the, the tooth gets feeling, has feeling. That's how all the minerals get all the way through the tooth. These little side feeder channels everywhere. 
They're too little to fill, they're too little to clean, and so they harbor dead tissue. It's just in a meeting this week, we were talking about this, and one of my team members said that her mom was asking her about, well, why do you guys not do root canals? And she said, okay, mom, I'm going to explain it this way. What if your gallbladder had major issues and actually died? Like there was all sorts of issues with your gallbladder. Instead of taking it out, they just said, we're going to stuff it with a whole bunch of like plastic stuff and shove it back in you and then hope for the best. She's like, that's really what we're doing with these teeth. We're just cleaning out the dead stuff. We're filling it up with some plastic stuff. We're shoving it. We're keeping it in your head and we're hoping for the best. It's really a mummified organ. Every single tooth is an organ. So it's a mummified organ that we've left in there. Well, there's no question what's going to happen. Microbes of all varieties love dead stuff. They're going to congregate there. And not only that, but they can hide in these areas because when it's dead, there's no blood flow in the tooth itself. So these little tiny channels, bugs can crawl in there and they're safe from your immune system, from things like antibiotics. They're safe from all of that. They can just hang out and nothing can get to them, but they can drop their garbage. So they drop their toxins everywhere. And then as you chew, you spread that toxin throughout the entire system. So how many people have root canals? Every time I do this, I say, I need to update this slide and I have yet to update the slide. 30 to 35 million root canals are performed in the United States per year. 35 million new ones per year. So how many people that are listening right now have a root canal? At least 35%, but probably more than that. You know, so when I was, on, I was on speaking tours for six years, I spoke in 450 cities and afterwards I would talk to people for 90 minutes. They would line up. And the really sick person would always put themselves at the end of the line. And when they, because they wanted to talk for a while, they didn't want to be like every two minutes, I'm signing somebody's book and they're moving on. So I always knew that the person who was last in line put themselves there intentionally were waiting. And what they always did is they always wanted to tell me all the things they were doing right, how healthy they were eating, all the devices they'd bought, all the biohacks, all the doctors they'd been to. And I got to the point and they'd be like, I eat fermented foods. And I got to the point where I'd be, I'd know where this was going. And at the end, I would say, do you have a root canal? Uh And there wasn't a single one of them who didn't say, yeah, I do. It's huge. It's huge. And, you know, people every day in my practice, people are, they first of all say, why does no one talk about this? You know, they're so frustrated. And then they say, are you please telling other dentists this? You know, that's the second thing. Please spread the word. I'm like, I'm doing both. I'm trying here. Um, but this is one of the biggest underlying issues is they can't see it. We can't see it as a profession. So this, this is one of my favorite stories. This woman came in, she'd had a root canal done, was still complaining about it, said, it still bothers me. I don't know why the endodontist says it should be just fine. It's dead. I shouldn't feel anything. That's what you hear. That's what everybody hears. It's dead. You shouldn't feel anything. It's fine. It looks great. So we took this x-ray. If you were to ask any dentist today, they would say that looks just fine. they would probably use those exact same words. That looks just fine. And I thought, well, that looks just fine. But I thought, well, let's figure out. Let's just make sure. And I had just gotten a new CT scan. So I said, let's just go take one of these scans. I'm so curious. So the scan and it's poor quality. We've since had multiple improvements in quality here, but uh, I, I keep this for this reason. Look at this right here. Those who are not watching, what I'm showing is an area that's probably the size of a nickel of bone that's been destroyed at the end of the root of the tooth we were looking at. I had no idea it was here. On the dental x-ray, it does not show it at all. So when I took the CT so scan, huge infection, I went, a huge, huge infection that also involves bone actually dying. 
totally dying, a complete hole, literal eaten away hole in the bone from this root canal that looked perfectly fine on a regular dental x-ray. So we really can't see it. Thankfully, CT scans or cone beam CT scans, which is what I use to diagnose this, are becoming more frequent in the dental profession, but you need to seek this out. So here's some that are very interesting. For those who are not watching, basically I'm showing a dental x-ray and the top patient that uh, is the picture of, she had fatigue, cancer was in remission, which I'm actually surprised she was able to go into remission. Most likely she would have it return if we don't take care of these things. Overall ill health. And what we found is an infected front tooth, infected another tooth. I'll just go through this quickly, but she had four infected teeth three areas where wisdom teeth were removed that didn't heal right. Next patient on the bottom had headaches, lump lump on her left breast and a lump on her back. Her root canal was right on the left breast meridian, right there. And it was failed as well as areas where wisdom teeth were removed that didn't heal correctly. So these are the kinds of things that make people sick. So this is Stacy. Stacy had been an executive. She had worked in a corporate business and had gotten so ill. She, she was also a big traveler. That was kind of her big, her big life's love was traveling. She'd gotten so ill that she couldn't do either. She couldn't travel and she was unable to really work. She had to move back in with her mom and was nearly bedridden. So in kind of a last ditch effort, they brought her to our office and said, is there anything that you can do for her? Well, we found five areas actually in her, four wisdom tooth areas, but also an area where she'd had a tooth pulled years previously and had a bridge that that had not healed either, had all of those things. Cleaned it all out. I'm going to show you here in just a second what we do when we clean it out. Cleaned it out and she was up doing dishes the next morning. Her mom found her up the next morning and she said, what are you doing? She's like, I feel better than I felt in 10 years. So literally just getting that infection out changed things like that for her overnight. She wrote me a letter when she was on a big European three-week trip in a couple of months after we did this. I mean, just some of the things that she'd always had, had loved in life, she was able to get back to. So what are these holes? We talked about the root canals. Those are a source of huge source of infection throughout the body. But here's the second one. I actually don't even like to use the word cavitation. And the reason I don't is because if you say cavitation, the dental profession thinks that you're talking crazy talk. So I even have an oral surgeon brother. <laughs> and if I say, well, I have a, you know, cavitations, he'd be like, oh, those don't even exist. Like, I don't know. I do not know why you talk to people about that. So <laughs> what are they? Well, they are areas in the bone that didn't heal properly after a tooth was removed. That's what I call them now. <laughs> so if I ever say, uh, if I see a CT scan from somebody, I say, oh, you have four areas that did not heal properly after a tooth was removed because that's what it literally is. There's a ligament that surrounds each tooth. And that ligament is the indicator to the the body that the tooth is there. It's the signaling mechanism. It's the thing that kind of cradles the tooth and it gives a little bit of, of cushion. And it's also the thing that connects the tooth to the bone, to the body. So when the tooth is removed, if that ligament is not removed, the body doesn't know that there is there, there is not a tooth there for about 10 days. This is actually supported by research. The ligament is not typically removed when the tooth is removed. This isn't a common occurrence. Usually, you, well, you what you have to do is intentionally go back and remove it. I equate it to kind of like the placenta in the baby. You know, the placenta doesn't just come with a baby. You have to go back and take it separately. Same thing with the ligament. It's not routinely removed. So the body doesn't know that the tooth's gone for about 10 days. 
During that 10 days time, the gum grows into the hole. It fills in. That's what gums do. Within about 10 days, a cut will heal on your arm. The gum grows into the hole and doesn't allow for bone to then grow in. So you have this dead ligament that necrosis again. Now you have a dead thing in the middle of this jaw surrounded by soft tissue, by gum tissue. That dead thing then attracts all the bugs in the body again. And all sorts of bad guys go and move in. Your bloodstream doesn't flow through there. There's no blood throw, no blood flow through this dead section. And now all the bugs have a fun little community. They all hang out. They invite their buddies to come in and they drop all of their toxins that spread throughout the system. So we find these so frequently. And this is what we found in Stacy. five of these. This is what we cleaned out. So what do we do? We actually have to go in and clean out. And there's a little controversy about this even inside of the biologic dental world. Some say you can just shine a laser on this or squirt, squirt some ozone in there and take care of it. I don't believe that because there's dead tissue in there. I can shine a laser on the dead tissue and it might kill the bugs that are there right now. But as long as the bug, as long as the dead tissue stays, more bugs are going to move in. I can give you an antibiotic. It's going to take care of the bugs now. More bugs are going to move in. I can squirt ozone. Same story. I can kill the bugs that are now, but more bugs are going to move in as long as the dead part is still there. So we go in and we actually remove the dead tissue. We clean out the dead bone and then we fill it up with stem cells, with your own stem cells. So it will finally heal. And I just did a webinar for a whole bunch of dentists and I said, these exist and I'll tell you why you've seen one. And I told them a story about when I was placing a dental implant years before I knew any of this, I fell into this giant cavern and this, I still remember the guy, this, this older gentleman, he had these like rock hard jaws, big old guy. And I was drilling for an implant and it's like, it's like a drill. And I'm going through the top part, super hard to get through. All of a sudden, my, my drill goes, shoom, and just drops to the bottom. And it starts to bleed like a volcano, just squirting blood. And the blood isn't like that nice, bright red stuff. It's like dark purple. So I knew something bad. I had just hit something bad underneath here. And it did not stop bleeding for a very long time. I ended up placing an implant in there, and it failed. Now I know why. There was not good bone. It was full of bugs. Any dentist who's ever placed a dental implant, including every oral surgeon that I talk to, has fallen into these holes numerous times. They just don't know what they're seeing. So that's why I call it an area that where a tooth was removed that didn't heal properly because they go, oh yeah, I've seen those. I'm like, exactly. You've seen those. You've fallen into those. You ever biopsied one of those? Why don't you try? Go see what's living in that hole. Now you'll see why your implant fails when you put it there. So these affect you in an enormous way. This is the biopsy you were talking about. The one where you said two of the worst bugs known to man were in yours. This is what we find. Campylobacter, cytomegalovirus, and tamoeba. Those are parasites. Treponema. These are super bad dudes. Treponema, uh, parvula, parvovirus. <laughs> That's all listed on this, on this list. This is the stuff that we pull out of these holes. You can't tell me that this doesn't affect your overall health. Absolutely. So this is one of my very favorite stories. This is Sam, and Sam is actually blind. He was blind genetically. He is a radio host. He is a dynamic gentleman, and he came to see me as a patient, and he was complaining of some facial pain, some headaches, different things. And we found he actually had four areas where he'd had tooth removed that didn't heal properly. And we said, all right, let's go ahead and clean those out for you. So we took care of that. And I saw him a couple of weeks later. And he said, I really need to talk to Dr. Jorgensen. 
And anytime a patient says that, I always get a little nervous. <laughs> like, oh no, what did we do wrong? Oh, okay, what did we do? Oh, so I kind of, you know, gingerly went in, Sam, how you doing? How are things today? And he said, I have to tell you something. I didn't tell you before, but I've been losing my hearing. Remember, he's blind. His hearing is his only connection with the world. And this is his job. He's a radio host. He said, I was losing my hearing and you were my last hope. I didn't tell you this because I didn't want you to tell me it was going to get better if you really didn't believe it was or if you didn't know. He said, I just thought, let's give this a try. He said, my hearing's about 70% restored already in two weeks' time. So these are the kind of people we see every day. And these are the kind of things that we help every single day. Well, and you're you're living proof of it too, because it's impossible to listen to Dr. Michelle Jorgensen and hear that 10 years ago, she wasn't able to feel the instruments in her hand and she couldn't remember the patient's name in front of her. That's really hard to wrap your brain around when you hear her speak about extremely complex and sophisticated topics with a big vocabulary involved. Like Watching your comeback is also incredibly inspiring as well as these patients of yours. I love these stories. Thank you. Here's another one of them. <laughs> Since they're so good. Winnie is awesome. She uh, was having all sorts of chronic migraines and she had, you know, the same as you here. She had ticked everything off the list. You know, she changed everything. She'd done every biohack, every, you know, all the things you know of too. And she had begged, she had heard the mercury fillings might be a problem. So she'd begged her dentist to remove them and they refused. I hear so many dentists, so many patients tell me this all the time. They'll say, I wanted my dentist to take this root canal tooth out and they refused to do it. And, you know, so I explained to people, I say, well, we as dentists are trained to save teeth. We're trained to be conservative. We're trained to, you know, take care of you in a way that hopefully will last a long time. And the less dentistry we do, the better. I mean, these are our, these are kind of the, the tenants that we're trained in. And one patient looked at me and she said, I want you to save my teeth except for the ones that are making me sick. And I was like, hallelujah, that's exactly right. Let's save all of them, except for the ones that are making you sick. So the same thing for Wendy. She said, can't, you know, nobody will take these fillings out. So we did. We took all of our fillings out safely. And that's a big, really concern here is you have to do this safely. Took them out safely. Totally new woman. Totally new woman. No headaches at all, ever. Her, head, her family's like, what happened to you? Because they couldn't depend on her for any family, any family events at all. They never knew if mom was going to be well enough to actually even come. She's a totally new woman. So mercury fillings will just go quickly. When you have them removed, it's got to look like this. Those who aren't watching, extra precautions. You need to be covered. The team in the room needs to be covered. You need to have a big vacuum at your chin. You need to get the stuff out. If you don't do it safely, don't do it. It's better to leave it in your head than to remove it unsafely and get a whole bunch more mercury into your system. So make sure you're finding somebody that can do it safely. I want to touch, well, fluoride, we already did that. We'll go past that. This is the last one I want to talk about. So this is the, the last thing or the one thing that dentistry is actually waking up to. That's actually a funny pun. Dentistry is waking up to the fact that we actually have part to play in your sleep and how you are sleeping, and can we improve your sleep? Airway and sleep issues are actually one of the greatest public health crises in the world today. It's interesting. I have a very personal experience with this one. So my father was practicing with me when I got sick and wasn't completely on board with the changes I was making. <laughs> this is the, He would admit to this as well. 
um, it was difficult. He ended up having, he ended up leaving the practice for other reasons and it allowed me to go down some pathways. I don't think I probably could have while he was there, but they're still very traditionally minded. My, his father was an internist. He is a dentist, still practicing in his seventies, very, very traditional medical path and belief systems. I mean, I didn't, you know, what they called chiropractors, quackopractors. And, you know, I mean, we just, we didn't, we didn't do anything like that. And so my mother actually came in a couple of months ago and was complaining about some pain in an upper tooth. And I said, mom, we really need to take a CT scan. She wasn't going to let me take the CT scan. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> get over there and get a CT scan. This is, this is crazy. So we took a CT scan. She finally consented, took a CT scan. Oh my gosh. So the airway is the, the tube that you breathe through between, it goes from the mouth and the nose down to the lungs. Her airway is literally the size of a cocktail straw, like a coffee straw. It was almost touching. Like she almost didn't even have room for air to go through. I was like, what is going on, mom? Like you can't breathe. She goes, well, I know. My mom has been on Ambien for 15 years and literally cannot survive life without it. She cannot sleep. And I said, well, uh, no wonder you can't sleep, mom. You can't breathe. So here's the here's the catch-22 about Ambien and all these sleeping medications. You actually don't sleep. Like your body isn't actually resting. It's just cognitively, you don't remember what's going on. So for her whole, like the last 15 years, she's actually not recovering. She's not healing. She's not doing anything that we do during deep sleep. She just can't remember that she was laying, you know, that she was basically awake all night. So she can't survive without it. And now she's saying, well, what do I do about this? But she doesn't want to do anything I tell her because <laughs> this is what parents do. You know, she doesn't want to do anything I tell her. So the first thing we say, well, you, you have to get diagnosed. So we sent her for a sleep study and the sleep study came back severe sleep apnea. Shocker. <laughs> I'm like, well, what do you know? I could have told you that. The cool thing is now you don't have to go to a sleep center to get diagnosed. If you are struggling, I want to go back to this slide. If you are struggling to go to sleep, to stay asleep, if you toss and turn a lot, if you snore, if you get up to go to the bathroom, if you are foggy and have no energy when you wake up in the morning, all of those are signs that you do not sleep properly. And if you continue this way, it's going to take 20% of your years away. It will reduce your lifespan by 20% if you are not getting proper sleep. So the cool part is you can get diagnosed now without having to go to a sleep center. We have sleep tests that we order for you. It's all online. They send you a strap that goes around your waist or a little ring that goes on your finger. You do it for two nights in a row, mail it back in and you get your diagnosis. Now, what do you do? Again, my mom was like, there's no way I'm wearing that CPAP thing and I can't put anything in my mouth. I gag too bad. I'm like, well, yeah, because your mouth is too small whole different story there. Uh, in fact, we'll get to it in a second. So she said, I can't do anything you tell me to do. <laughs> well, great. This will be easy to fix then. Um, so what do we do? We don't do a sleep pap. We don't just do a CPAP. We don't just move your mouth forward. We actually fix things. We say, why is that too small back there? Is it because you had teeth removed for braces? This is my mother, and this is an entire generation. I call this ambient, the ambient generation because they all had fourth teeth taken out to make room for all of their teeth. Why did they not have room for all their teeth? Because they've been eating the standard American diet. And the first bone affected by malnutrition is the top jaw. So now all of us have crooked teeth. We don't have big enough mouths for our teeth or our wisdom teeth because our nutrient levels are so poor. 
So we take Ambien to sleep, but we're not really sleeping. So we get sick. We get chronic diseases, cancer, heart disease, diabetes. We say it's just because we're getting old and we just accept that we're going to lose 20% of our lifespan. You don't have to. So what do we do? We actually say, let's make your mouth bigger. Let's make room for all the stuff that needs to fit in there. Let's laser up all that tissue that's making you snore. Let's take the root cause. Let's figure out the root cause and take care of it. Things like growth and development issues. I love these pictures. You see the change in faces when we're able to actually expand and make and make more room. So I went real quickly through that last one, but I really wanted to make sure that we touched on it. There are things, there are answers in the dental office. Here's the cool part about dentistry. You see us more than you see other doctors. I mean, really, like literally, you probably go to the dentist every six months, every year, every year and a half, and you feel guilty if you've been a year and a half, right? You go, oh, it's been so long since I've been here. Do you feel guilty if you haven't been to the doctor in a year and a half? Never. <laughs> like you're cheering. Yes, I've been to the doctor in a year and a half. Dentist, you feel guilty. Gosh, I'm sorry. It's been so long since I've been here. So dentists have a huge opportunity to help you with your health because we see you a lot and we have so much to contribute to how you feel. So you need to find someone that does this if any of this rang a bell for you. Yeah, um, and. <clears throat> and she's going to put, she's got up on the screen uh, ways to contact her. Just so you know, if you guys want to fly into Utah to see her, most of these procedures, the more complex ones are going to involve multiple visits. So I'm not trying to tell you don't go to Total Care Dental, dental but I do want to say <clears throat> there's usually more visits involved than you think. And um, I also want to say that in my research, the last 10, 15 years on biological dentistry, I believe that most people who are hanging a shingle calling themselves a biological dentist literally do nothing besides maybe have a mercury-free office or dabble in it at best. Here in Florida, I haven't even found anybody who has an oral surgeon on site because oral surgeons are involved in so much of what Michelle does. And in fact, when my son got his wisdom teeth out, so he had two that were going perpendicular growing, they had to come out. She told me I trust her, even though other dentists would just say rip out all the wisdom teeth. So both two of my children had their wisdom teeth out. And and Dr. Jorgensen actually went around the corner to an oral surgeon. This is before she had her own in-house and trained him in how to do the ozone and the PRF. And I, as a patient, could not have gotten that dentist to do that. But he saw, I'm sure, he saw her thriving practice, which has been exploding for years, um, You know, in part because Green Smoothie Girl's out there saying, this is my dentist and she's the best one in Utah. And that's not to diss any of the other ones, but I pay close attention to and have surveyed all the biological dentists nationwide. And then, Michelle, I promise I will give you a two-minute wrap-up to talk about whatever you want. At the end, but I have literally snail mailed, emailed, and my staff phone called every single biological dentist of record back when we did this about seven years ago. It was like 800. I'm sure it's well over a thousand now. To go back and do that would be hundreds of man hours invested into it. But what we found is that they have not invested in biological dentistry the way Total Care Dental is. I think she's a person like me that if she's going to go down that rabbit hole, she is going hard and she is going to find the bottom (laughs) of it and collect every little thread of wisdom along the way. And before we give um, Dr. Jorgensen two minutes to wrap up, I want to say, this is kind of off topic, but it's very relevant because I'm hearing all the, just you've always dripped into the conversation in such a polite, 
loving way, how many times you've been gaslit or you could have been if you didn't approach it with something like, well, may I share my story with you, Mm -hmm. which I should point out because I think that's brilliant. And we've all of us who care about medical freedom have had to navigate these treacherous um, situations since 2020 where we're in the minority and we're trying to speak up about something that everybody else sees as crazy or conspiracy theory. But I want to hear from anyone who has any adverse event on October 4th, when everyone in America got a text message and the people who were concerned about that kind of chaotic frequencies bombarding us all. I now have about 400 people who have responded to my two social media posts. I have seven people telling me about an adverse event. I'm not trying to curate them or create something where there isn't, but I also want to hear from people if, because this is everything to do with vibe, vibration, vibrational frequencies, the energetic chaotic frequencies that we're all in a big toxic soup of it, really. I want to hear from you if you feel like your anxiety or your neurological system has been different since October 4th, which was at the time of this recording, it was only less than 24 hours ago. We turned our phone off, went out on the beach. We didn't experience it. We didn't get the, the message, but I've had now hundreds of people tell me that they did get it coast to coast. So I want to hear from you if you have noticed a difference in your own neurological health since that whole thing happened, because nobody else is going to do this research. And I am curious, and I am trying to figure out what they may have been doing to update our phone. But anyways, back to you, Michelle. Um, Tell us the most important things for your last two minutes. Yep. Interestingly enough, I did get that alert yesterday and I hadn't even put two and two together until you just said it. I had a huge emotional drop last night. I literally almost cried looking at a menu in a restaurant, (laughs) partly because I don't eat gluten and dairy and there was nothing on there that I could eat. That was part of it. But but I was like, why am I so like emotional? Like, holy smokes, what is going on with me right now? I hadn't even put two and two together in this morning. I woke up nearly didn't go for my run because I was going to throw up. So don't have a video. And I I think this this is on my mind so much just to put this in here because it's so related to what you just said, but I came back from New York city watching the U S open Djokovic beat Moderna. I mean the other guy. And, um, and when I came back, I had some of the worst anxiety of my life for three weeks and there was nothing in my life to cause that. Then I looked at my phone on Saturday morning. This was just like five days ago. And I saw that my Wi-Fi was still on from being in the hotel in New York City. And I turned the Wi-Fi off and my anxiety dropped by 80% and hasn't come back. And I had been trying everything that morning. I was obsessed with it, is ruining my quality of life. So that's neurological system if your mood drops out of the bottom. And that's why I want to hear from people because we yeah. can't do much if we don't have stability in our mood. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, fascinating. So to swing that back to dentistry, basically a lot of this is just education and it's all about you saying, you know what? I want something better. I know now, I know enough now to say I want something better. So if you want something better, that is what I love to do is share that better. So go check out all my information at Living Well with Dr. Michelle. I'm everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all these places. Go check it out. And I share not only dental tips, I share a lot of dental tips and information, but I share lifestyle things on how to live well in today's world, including a lot of what Robin's taught me through the years and how I've incorporated that into real life with a busy, a busy practice, a busy, you know, busy life, busy family, all those kinds of things. So check it out at Living Well with Dr. Michelle. 
My dental office is Total Care Dental. And for those of you that are far, far away, we do virtual consultations as well. So if you can find a dentist and we guide you on how to find a dentist that can do this cone beam CT scan where you are, I can evaluate it for you. And then we can advise you as to steps moving forward. And a lot of times that's what we really do help people with. Sometimes we say, we really think you should come here for the surgical portion. And then this portion, let's help you find a dentist closer to home to do the mercury removal or the restoration or the sleep treatment or whatever it is. But I really like to have a whole picture, you know, the whole ball game all figured out before we even throw the first pitch. So uh, that's why I think these virtual consultations are important. So that's totalcaredental.com. And uh, go check that out if that's something you think could be beneficial for you. If you're interested in the tooth powder and the mouth rinse, and I also have some gut gut health supplements and things, just check out Living Wells, Dr. Michelle. All the stuff is curated by me, formulated by me, and used by me every single day. So uh, check it out if that's something you're interested in. Thank you so much, Robin. You've been a huge part of my life, and I so appreciate you. I'm so blessed. God bless you for everything that you do for your patients, for educating other dentists, and for helping us today. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Yay. Bye-bye.